Welcome to the Wolf Whistle, the podcast that interviews and celebrates the former players of our great club, Wolverhampton Wanderers. Welcome to the Wolf Whistle. Welcome to the 111th edition of the Wolf Whistle podcast, the podcast which interviews and celebrates the former players of our great club. We're delving back into the 90s, the late 90s in fact, striker Michael Branch, 71 appearances for the Wolves, 10 goals. Michael, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks. Thanks for having us on. Hey, Michael, I have been trying to get hold of you. We've both been busy. Um, but eventually yeah. we got there in the end. Um, now you're still obviously living in Liverpool, Michael. You haven't lost that accent. Um, no, no, I'm, I'm still living in Liverpool. Good uh, man, good went man. To, went to Australia for a little bit, but uh, come back. Oh, brilliant! Just couldn't keep away from the place. Bless you. Now, yeah, your yeah. your career started uh, mid nineties with with Everton. So before I find out how you got spotted, are you a blue or a red growing up? Oh, geez, a blue. Blue? You have to ask. Oh, yeah, I... of course. Ah, oh, listen, brilliant. So, how did you get spotted, Michael, um, by Everton? And what was your path like to get into the first team? So, um, I started playing seven or eight. Got uh, picked up by, it used to be Centre of Excellence then. It's now the Academies. Yep. Uh, Sid, Sid Benson, a famous uh, scout from Liverpool, he's found a few of us. Uh, he spotted me, asked me where to go in. Uh, at the time, we didn't have a car and we lived the other end of the city. So Sid would come and get us twice a week, take us into the old Belfield, the old training ground. Yes. Um, Centre of Excellence. And then that was it, really. Uh, yeah, I got, I went, funny enough, I went, I've only just remembered this, this is weird, I went to Lillishaw, the National School up in Shropshire. Yes, the, yeah, uh, just down the road yeah, from so Wolverhampton. Yes, yeah, so, I've just literally remembered this, I've never said this before, because I've always just remembered, we used to go and watch, like, games of a Saturday, and I, I went and watched Wolves a few times with them. This okay. was when would have been, like, 14, 15, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. So obviously it's not far. Is it? And uh, when I moved, when I was signed for Wolves, I'd, I'd take the missus and the kids back up to to Lillishaw. Yes. Yeah, I used to live here in the big house and that. But yeah, it's weird the way you come back to it. So oh, I went to it is in, because all uh, Brighton was it? Yeah. Yeah, all Brighton just up yeah. the road. So. I mean, yeah, yeah, for the yeah. supporters who don't know much about Lillishall, it was where all the very, very best young players in the country um, went to play, wasn't it, Michael? Yeah, so we'd have trials at, a, I think it was at 12, and then sort of each club could send five players for trials, and then so there's about 5,000 players, and then it got windled down to 16 that got picked to go live there for two years. Oh, incredible. So, yeah, done okay. Oh. Uh, so from there, then... Obviously, I'm at Lillishaw. When you come to the end of Lillishaw, then it's time to sign for the club. Yeah. And uh, at the time, I was pretty good. Uh, so a lot of the clubs were after me. But uh, I went with my heart, which was, I wanted, I've always supposed Everton. I wanted to play for Everton. And maybe I should have went to Man U. Uh, they had a better youth system, but <laughs> my, heart overruled, my heart overruled my brain. So I went with, I went with Everton. So did you, did you have a chance to go to Man U as well then as a young kid? Oh, I had Man U, Liverpool, Chelsea, Tottenham, Arsenal. Everyone was knocking on me, mum and dad's door, throwing them up in. Incredible. Obviously, we were supposed to be the best, the best of the time. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. In fact, we had another guy on the. 
We had another lad on the podcast, Michael, a lad called Andy Turner, who was at Spurs. Um, okay. Yeah, and Andy was at Lillyshaw, and and once again, you know, the the cream of the clubs in the UK were after every player that went to Lillyshaw. Now you made your debut. Um, as a 17-year-old, 22nd of February 1996, coming on a sub against Man United. As a 17-year-old, Michael, you must have thought the world was at your feet. Signing for your boyhood club, making your debut, you must have thought, wow. Yeah, it was. Um, at that time, everything was touched was sort of turned into gold. You know what I mean? I've, I've scored goals at all levels. Yeah. Uh, 17, you've got no fear of you. Yeah. Like the... Um, my girlfriend's dad bought me for Christmas uh, sort of a framed team sheet yes. of the, my debut. And my new team is like unreal. It's Cantona, Keane, Michael, um, Giggs. Incredible. Uh, yeah, it's like unbelievable. Pallister, Bruce. I'm like looking at it, Beckham. I'm like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> for a it's probably a good job you never went to Manu anyway. I know, probably was on the way near the first team. Oh, I mean... But, yeah, well, at 17, as you, as you say, as I said, you've got no fear of it. You just want to get on there. And then, uh, Joe Royal, amazing manager. I just remember him uh, saying to Anders Limpar, should we put the kid on? Because he used to call me the kid. And Anders was like, yeah, get him on. So he said, get warmed up, you're going on. And that was it. I'd, I'd done what I'd dreamed of all my life, to play for the team I love. And I, and I take it all your family are blue as well? No, they're not. My dad's a red. Oh, <laughs> my, dad, my, my dad was a uh, three-year pro at Liverpool in the 70s. Got you. Uh, he reckons he only played reserve. He didn't get a first team. Yeah. But he reckons the reserves would have finished second in the league. They were that good. <laughs> I bet they would have done as well. Yeah, no, they might have because they were that good. But uh, I suppose I held uh, against Liverpool because they released them. Yes. So and then on my mum's side of the family, my dad, my granddad was a blue, and he took me to my first game. So then that was it. Oh, brilliant! So to be in, you know, to be in Goodison Park, to watch your heroes, to then make the transition to the pitch, it, it, like you said, everything you touch was turning to gold, or in your case, goals. You, you, it yeah, must well, have been well, like yeah. walking it was on a cloud, really, because I finished school at sixteen, and then um, we were in the semi-final against uh, against Leeds, against Tottenham in Leeds at Leeds. Yeah, that's where they had the semi-finals, and I went up as a fan. In the back of a, tranny, a transit van with my dad's mates who were blues. Yeah. 60, watching Everton. And then we've won. Amakachi scored a couple. We've run on Daniel the pitch. Daniel Amakachi. Yeah, I'm running on the pitch as a fan. Within like less than six months, I've made my debut. It's like crazy. <laughs> it's just like, I mean, that literally yeah. is Roy the Rover stuff. I mean, Michael, when you look back at yeah. it now and think about it, do you almost pinch yourself now? Yeah, I mean, someone someone posted a, a goal I scored. Uh, it was only for the reserves. Yeah, but I cannot remember it, and it was like it was a good goal. It was like a double mags, then I beat two and then put it in. I was like, that couldn't have been me. It's like it's a, I can't remember half of it. It was all a dream. Oh wow! I mean, but, that's the thing when you're young. Listen, Michael, at seventeen, I, I didn't even know how to tie my shoelaces. So <laughs> for, for you to play for Everton and be the the equivalent to me playing for Wolves, it would just be it, it must be all a blur. Um, after Everton, there was a, a a spell at Man City on loan, a spell at Birmingham City on loan. Then I didn't ever go to Birmingham City. I went down for talks and didn't sign. Ah, sorry. I, 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 yeah. My research. So, oh, she, you did you didn't go on loan? No, then? no. Everyone says that. It's like I think it's on like Wikipedia. But I know I, I went down for talks and it broke down. It's like 
don't know what happened. Ah, got you, uh, got you. I think we called back by Everton, actually. Yeah. Well, yeah. He, I mean, that went in our favour because you joined Wolves on loan through Colin Lee, 1999. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've got to be completely honest. You, I've got some stats here that, Michael, that you probably don't even know. So, in your loan spell, four goals in nine appearances, and those four goals come against two against yeah. Man City at home on your home debut in a 4-1 win. I'm sure you remember yeah. that game. Uh, the, other, the other goals were a win against Norwich, a 1-0 win, a win against Portsmouth away, 3-2, and a win against QPR at home, 3-2. In those four games that you scored, we actually won every game. So, yeah. for you to come to a club like Wolves, big club in the Championship, although it was initially yeah. on loan, you must have thought this is a real chance for you to express yourself. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, the one thing I'd say about when I was at Everton is it took me a while to get off the mark. Yeah. And the pressure was building. As a striker, you obviously you need to score goals. And I was supposed to be the next Robbie Fowler, and especially yes. being from this city. It was just the pressure was piling and piling. It never worked out. I, didn't, I hit the bar on my me, me home debut. I thought maybe if that had gone in, it might have been different. The pressure would have been lifted a bit. Yes. But I got to Wolves. I scored two on my debut, so I was off and running. Yes. I was like, yes, this is me. You know what I mean? A little breath of fresh air. Out, out of the city. Um, a fresh start. I hit the ground running. A manager that likes me, because at the time, Walter Smith was at Everton, I think, and we weren't getting on. Uh and I just thought, yeah, this is it. And I, I really enjoyed that, that first year of Wolves. I mean, that, that I was at that game against Man City, I believe. Akinboy got uh, one... I can't remember who got the other. It might have been Keith Curl. But for you, um, to, to come to a club like Wolves, big club, big crowd, was you almost, during your loan spell, hoping it had become permanent? Yes, definitely. Especially after that first game, because obviously the fans took to me. It was yep. a Friday night, wasn't it? It was on Sky. Yep. I should have scored a hat-trick, actually. Oh, really? He put one in. Um, basically put one in. Uh, or Muska put one in the second half. And it's like, I should have scored that. But uh, we won't talk about that. Uh, but yeah, and then it was, I was really enjoying it. Because I fell out of love a little bit with the game when I was at Everton. I wasn't I sort of... I did hear that. Been, yeah, and I'd, I'd, I was, I'd all this big hype over me and it wasn't happening. And people were talking. Couldn't get away from it, whether it was in the papers, on the radio station, in the if you go out anywhere, it's like yep. you can't couldn't get away with it. And then I just got a fresh a new a breath of fresh air. So I was like, yep. yes. And I suppose the city of Liverpool is synonymous and famous for raising goal scorers, both for blue and for red, like we've seen Robbie Fowler, Michael Owen. We've seen the same yeah. at, 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 at you know Wayne Rooney at Everton. So the pressure must have been almost boiling point for you, young man. Yes, you want to make it, of course you do. But yeah. I suppose sometimes it's almost mind over matter. Physically, you can do it, but mentally there must be a, almost a certain block because the pressure's that much on a young man. Yeah, well, I mean, as I said before, everything I touched turned to, as you say, goals. And then this was the first time in my career where it wasn't easy scoring. Yes. And then you started, I started having self-doubt myself. Am I really this good? Am I a fraud? Am I imposter? Like imposter syndrome? And right. I didn't know how to deal with them thoughts. And it was just, I was 17. I was put up here, but I wasn't doing what everyone expected. And I was like, what do, how do we get out of this? And it just, I don't know. It, just, it was tough. It really was. I mean, this day and age, we have play care teams and we yeah. have sports psychologists and counsellors. And it may be a bit different, but you know what? 
I played for the team I love. I played in a couple of derbies, but man the match in one, uh, scored a few goals, scored a, at Goodison at the Gladys Street End, so you know <laughs> what I mean. Sometimes I used to say, when people used to ask me, you play for Everton, and I'd, and I'd say, yeah, but it wasn't that good. But now I say, yeah, I did play for Everton, and I played for the team I love, and I loved it. I mean, Michael, all I'd say is be very proud because, you know, yeah. I can understand where the self-doubt comes from. You know, I, I, I do understand that. But for yourself, I mean, what an amazing career. It's just a shame that it obviously all went too quickly. Now, after the, the loan spell at Wolves, um, yeah. you signed half a million pound for Wolves and your first goal as a permanent player Guys, I'm sure you remember this, and I'm sure Michael Branch still has. I know where you're going with this. Still has nightmares. It was Nottingham Forest at home, February 2000. We was winning two 0 at the time, so I'll set the scene. Lee Naylor goes down injured. Um, Dave Bessant, who is the Nottingham Forest goalkeeper, attempted to to put the ball out of play. As he did so, Michael, I believe you intercepted it. Yeah. Um, no, I, I don't think he was putting it out of play. That's my argument. In the heat of the moment, I don't, I've never seen it again. But I'm I'm under the impression he went to he wasn't putting it out of play. He shanked it, so it's still in play. Yes, play to the whistle. Yeah. So um, would you do it all again? Yeah. Pardon? Would you do it all again? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, listen, let's be honest. I was in the crowd at the time. Wolves are 2-0 up. You made it 3-0. So, Forrest will out the game anyway. Um, it's not as if it was a 1-0 win, was it? Exactly. Now, I don't know if you've seen Wolves the weekend. A similar situation happened with Pablo Sarabia. Where okay. Did you see it? No, no, uh, no, I didn't see yeah, it. Yeah, so what happened was the Sheffield United keeper, one of the one of the I think it was one of their players went down. Sheffield United keeper tried to put it out, put it out very gingerly. It didn't even make the touchline. Pablo Sarabia yeah. got there first. Sportingly, I'm not saying you was unsporting, but sportingly, <laughs> Pablo quickly realised what had happened and put the yeah. ball out of play. <laughs> now he, he was well within his rights to go and score. Uh, in, yeah. in my opinion, on the basis that the, the keeper didn't even put it out. So the argument could have been, was he trying to put it out? And is that your argument yeah. with the Dave Besson situation where you don't think I he... I mean, it's, it's football's at 100 miles an hour, isn't it? It's just yes. a swift decision and I made it. Would I do it again? I was joking with that saying, yeah, uh, probably not, because, I mean, if Dave Besson would have got older, he probably would have written me out. he didn't, to be honest, but uh, if I see him, I'd probably apologise. I mean, uh, have you seen him since... No, no, no. But I, I think I'd, 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 um, I'd be next to me, so nothing was going to happen to me, so I was okay. I mean, I've got to say, I, I remember it well. Dave Besser did run over. He got sent off that game as well, didn't he? Yes, because it, it, when he runs over to you, Dave Besser, he is bright red. Yeah. The veins are popping out of his head. And to be fair to yourself, you was, you know, you wasn't giving it the big one. You was almost quite shocked by it all because I think you genuinely yeah, thought... I, I, I was shocked. I was like, what's going on? But, you know, it is what it is. Like, Listen... You know, how many years ago was it? Oh, 2000. I mean, as a, I mean, nearly 25 years ago. But as a striker, Michael, you're going you're to take that all day. I mean, it, Colin <laughs> Lee... Sorry? No, no, go on, sorry. I was going to say, Colin Lee, uh, he was actually forced to substitute you. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, but David Platt, I think, was their manager or assistant manager. And he'd, have, he'd had me at England and he'd, he'd come in and said, listen, he's not like that. He's not that type of player. He wouldn't do that. Of course, and of he, course. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's one of those things, isn't it? Hindsight's a great thing for us. Of course kicking it is. Out playing, kicking out the playing, everything's all right. Oh, listen, I thought it was brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great finish. <laughs> you, could, yeah. you could actually, to Dave Besson's credit... When you had the ball and he was running towards goal, he actually did try and save it. So Yeah, it was a decent finish, wasn't it? Oh, it was a flipping cracking finish, that was. <laughs> Unbelievable. Now, at Wolves, um, it, it, it's a shame, really, because you was on fire in the loan spell. It was 16-62. Uh, For you, was, was doubt almost creeping in again, do you think, Michael? So, uh, at the end of my first year, I think we were playing the year. Yes. The fans. Um, but uh, halfway through, then the oh, not halfway through, but towards the end, Conley got sacked, and then it was Dave Jones. Yes, Conley. Yeah, yeah, Dave Jones coming. So now you didn't yeah. really, or yeah, uh, I believe you fell out of favour with Dave. So at the end of that season, Dave Jones said, "I'm going to get you in for a new contract." Yeah, I was like, "Okay, cool, cool." Then I'm on holiday. Uh, I think I'm in Mexico, and I see we've signed Sean Newton. For like yes. so many million, and yeah. I'm at that time I'm playing right on the right now, like a three. Yes, and Sean Newton's obviously playing on the right. I'm like, what's going on here? So I've come back, and then I've got I've got injured early doors. I think pre-season, and then uh, I just just me and Dave Jones just didn't get on. I was like, he's a scout as well. I just don't. Know yeah, he's a big blues in Everton. Yeah, Everton yeah. fan. And he yeah. played for Everton. So maybe, maybe, maybe it's something to do with me. Maybe I'm the co- common denominator in all this format with managers. I don't know, man. Uh, I, I, I don't know because I know Dave personally, and he's a yeah. great guy. I've never asked him about you, to be fair. But I'd yeah. have thought, being a scouser like you, being a you know blue, playing for Everton as well, I'd have thought he, he, he'd have actually quite you know. You'd yeah, have got on. I thought. Yeah, I thought that was. I don't know. And uh, my attitude once I got sort of dropped wasn't great, and I always said if I do see Dave jobs, I'd apologise because my attitude wasn't great. I was like. I'm not proud of it. Uh, that's what I definitely would change. But I did it. And when you say... So a, that was the beginning of the end then. I mean, when you say your attitude, Michael, I, I'm just intrigued. What what, what yeah. sort of things? Was you just not trying or was, was you know, what, what, what sort of things? Uh, maybe sulking a bit and... Yeah. Not, not doing as much as I should have in training and just... I don't know. I just didn't... I, um, I was just, I was still young at the time. Of so course. I mean, to be that. fair, to be fair, that's a very fair and honest assessment because it's quite easy for players to say the manager didn't like me, blah, blah, blah. And, and, and what was interesting, I do want the listeners to know, obviously the reason the goals dried up, you was played out on the right quite a lot, wasn't you? Yeah, yeah, and I quite enjoyed it. it was like, I mean, I remember playing a uh, West Brom at home one time, and it was we played the three up front, and it was Addy up front on up the centre, George yeah. Nadar on the left, and me on the right, and yes. the pace we had, I think we smashed them like three or three nil, three one that day. It was like no one could touch us at that time, and then it's like yeah. I just wasn't playing; I just didn't get it. Yeah, yeah, I remember, yeah. I remember them years very well, and it was like I said, you know, like you said, a very attacking side. Yeah, yeah, uh, 
so that I, I'm not at that point. So then I'm not playing, and I'm probably drinking too much at that time, and just my head's not in it, and it's just that's it. I'm just falling out of love again with the game, and just it's a spiral. Then. I mean, you you said that a couple of times, falling out of love. It, it, when when we're supporters looking from the outside in, we, you know, we always see the glamorous side. You know, you're playing in front of twenty, thirty thousand. You're scoring goals. Yeah. You're getting remunerated pretty well for it. Um, yeah. Effectively, you know, you're all young, fit blokes, blah de blah. But there is a mental side to it, isn't there? And I suppose that sometimes, um, if you're not getting rubber the green, if you're not getting in the team, if you're not playing as well as you 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 should yeah. be, or you think you should be, with that pressure you're putting on yourself, it can actually work all against you. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm my I'm my worst, Chris. It's, it's like if I miss a chance, or I would replay that a million times, not be able to sleep that night. Yeah. It's like I would go through every touch of the game that was about to touch or could have it's like I didn't know how to ha- handle that mental side of it. Yeah. Um and whether that's from sort of being I don't know, so good at so young and being a perfectionist and then I don't know, um but people don't see that side of it. It's like I'd go home and I would I'd dread like feel sick looking at the papers the next day. What are you gonna say about me? What do you really? gonna say about me? I don't. I don't even want to look. Sometimes I, I was saying this. Sometimes I'd play and say I was having a good game. I'd be like, say, say, come to like eighty minutes. Ah, oh, just suck me now. Suck me before I make a mistake. Really? Before I make a mistake. Yeah. So that's that's like how my mind used to work. And sometimes after it, I'd be like, thank God that's over for another week. I do not have to do that for another week. You see, and that's that. If people don't see that side of it. It's like, oh, you're living your best life and all that, but. Like, oh, I have, I have a good game there. I wish we had, like, an international break, so I had two weeks now. Like, see, the next game, it could all burst, the bubble could burst, and I'd be like, shit again. You see, that, that, Sorry, that amazes me, Michael, but I suppose as a striker, you are you are playing on confidence, you're playing on goals, you're playing on chances, you put, you know, it is, it is, you know, it's not so much with your centre-halves and your, your centre-midfielders, but, you know, your wingers, your attackers, they, they are all playing on confidence. So for you, sometimes, I mean, listen, a lot of players, the pinnacle is obviously either the dressing room or, or, or the matches. So for you, it's almost like you're waiting for the full-time whistle so that you can get down the tunnel and you don't have to do it for another week. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that, that's, that's something probably from childhood that I haven't dealt with or I don't know. It's just, it's just oh, thank God that's over with. Flipping heck. Yeah. Was it like that as a, as a junior player almost? You know, did you put yourself under that much pressure? Yeah, I remember like playing junior for England and like scoring. I think it was away somewhere in Eastern Europe. Yeah. Uh, it was like a qualifier. And I scored a hat trick, but I should have got five. And it's like, just beat myself up over that. You know what I mean? Like, you should have oh got my five. God. Yeah, I just scored a hat trick. Just scored a hat trick to my country. Got the match ball at the bottom of my bed. But I can't sleep that night because I'm like, ah, oh, I should have got five. I mean that's but, that. Yeah, it's like I've learned to I've learned to deal with it better now. I got a, I've well, I'd probably touch on it later, but I've, I've got help and like I can deal with me head a little bit better now. Oh well, I mean, Michael, that is that is brilliant. You know, that it's good news yeah. to hear now. After Wolves, it was there was a loan spell at Reading where you scored actually three and seven. Then it yeah. was Bradford, I believe, and then this is the sad thing, really, because three years after. Uh, leaving Wolves, you, your career's almost, you know, your, your professional football career's almost over. And I found that really strange because I thought you did. Hey, you did very well at Wolves. You were certainly yeah. a fan's favourite. Um, but all of a sudden, 
it, it seems to be drifting away. Is that how it felt for you, Michael? Yeah, it was getting harder and harder. I was dropping down the divisions and it was, it was harder to get myself going. Yeah. Uh, I was out in Chester. Uh, I still had, I think, like about 15 months left on my contract. Uh, and they were in League 2 at the time. So it wasn't as if it was like a uh, semi trouble or non-league. Yeah. I just phoned up the chairman one day and just said, I'm not coming in no more. I was like captain of the club. He's like, why? I said, I just, I just can't do it no more. So I just didn't go in. And that was it. Terminating my contract, and then I'm just stuck at home, thinking, "Well, what do I do now?" <laughs> so when when, when you're almost stuck at home, I take it you've got bills to pay, um, Michael. I've and... still, been, still got big mortgages, other bills to pay. Young family now, I've got three kids. Yeah, at the time, two maybe at the time, with me little, me youngest haven't been born yet. Uh, so yeah, and then I was like, "Shit, what do I do now?" Uh, yeah, and, and then. Uh, I made a few of a, a, a silly mistake. Someone I thought was a friend has given me a way out to help because at the time the house was about to get repossessed and yeah. taken off. Us and, well, I don't know. It's like it's not right. But when you're in that situation, you've got a young family. People don't know what they're capable of, and I was obviously well, capable of yeah. doing that. I mean, I, I was going to come to that. It was it was tenth of July, twenty twelve. You was arrested. Um, you're thirty four at the time. You you know still a young man. You know, and I don't want anyone to yeah. judge. Michael, by what we're about to speak about, on the basis that, A, we've all made mistakes, we've all done stupid things, yours happened to be in the public eye, um, yeah. you've obviously served your time, blah de blah possession with intent to supply Class A and, and Class B drugs. We don't need yeah. to go into all of that, Michael, but what we do need to go into is when you finish professional football, for you, all of a sudden, all you know is football, Michael Branch, yeah. wonder kid at Everton, every club in the country wants him, playing for the Wolves, big crowds, starts dropping down the leagues, you're your own worst critic, all of a sudden, everything is gone. Yeah. Now, for you, mortgages to pay, bills to pay. You haven't got the help yeah. that you've got now off the PFA. And uh, Did you find yourself, obviously, slipping into bad ways very, very quickly? Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, I was already on a slippery slope, probably gambling too much, drinking too much, just sort of burying me head up. With all the troubles, and just thought, oh, didn't again, not knowing how to handle living life on life's terms. Yes. Uh, and yeah, so there we are. I made a decision, rightly so. I got caught and got, well, I went, I went guilty. Got me sentenced, and that was it. Uh, well, it's, again, it's all a blur, but in a way, it was a relief when I got arrested. It was like, thank God, that bit of my life's over. It's like, I can just be away from everything now. It doesn't. I, I uh, years and years ago, um, I, I lost my wife and ended up going to a, 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 a psych, psychologist and going for, for counselling, etc., etc. Now, yeah, it was a, it was a rough time in my life. But one of the things that that you've just said resonated with me. And what people do sometimes is bring the pain forward. So for you, yeah. You're almost in this downward spiral. You don't know what to do. You're getting involved with the wrong people. You think it's a way out, yeah. but really, you know you shouldn't be doing it. And it's almost yeah. like and you're waiting to be caught so the, yeah, the nightmare's exactly. over. And no one, I got caught and I just dropped the kids off at school. I went home and then they, they raided the house, blocked me in, and then they were taking me to the police station. And he said, Are you, do you, he said, Why are you so calm? And so we've never seen someone this calm after being arrested on such a serious charge. And I just said, Because it's over. 
and I was just glad. And then I thought, I'll be in a cell, I'll be away from everything. All right, I'll be away from the kids and all that, but I'll be away from everything else, all the problems, and then I can sort of just see. And then, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it was, it was like a relief. And, well, obviously, it's it's got other consequences, obviously. Of course. I didn't realise the effect it has on your family. Yeah. Family when you're away, your children. I think it's poor old me, but they had it worse than me at times. So yeah, uh, yeah. But at the time, I got me, I got sentenced to seven years, uh, which was a bit of a surprise. So I was going to like uh, two or three. I had to get on with it. And lucky enough, one of the prison guards seen I was in a really, really bad place, low mood, and uh, he booked me up the list to get counselling. And this counsellor, Chris, I mean, well, she saved me life. Really? She, uh, yeah, without a doubt. Uh, I could talk to her about anything about me head and she wouldn't judge me. I, I think this, I think that. And she was like, it's, it's natural. It's the first time I've ever, it's like, it's okay to think them things. She got me changing my mindset and like, it was like, oh, I was a godsend. I'm from there now. I'm not back. Now, now, um, when you say you had yeah. low mood and it saved your life, when you, you banged up in prison for for seven years, you served serve three, are you three and, in, a half. three and a half? Sorry, are you? You know, is is everything almost going through your head in as much as maybe even suicide? It, it, does it all cross your mind? I mean, it, everything crosses your mind. I mean, people will say, "I'll give you head a wobble." It's, it's only seven, but when you've never like been in trouble before, and you're <laughs> you know, you give your head a wobble, it's only seven. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Um, everything goes through your mind I mean literally everything because you're in that cell on your own and you're like what the hell especially with a head like mine because my head would come run off with itself Jeez, it's like a dark alley I yes. could never go up there and go there on my own uh, so yeah everything does cross your mind and those really dark times and I was thinking oof Course, but, and, uh, and 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 also you can't get any lower. Almost, you know, you you've scored goals at Goodison Park. Your own, you know, uh, your, your home club. And next thing you know, you're in well, prison. The funny thing is, like, and people say about this, and I swear, down, it's no no exaggeration. So I got sentenced, and I've been produced to court a few times because I got remanded. So I've been to court a few times in the van. Yep. And then I got, and then this one time, once I've been sentenced, we come a different way home. And I got sentenced in November. So I got arrested in July, June or July. And then I got sentenced in the November after yep. all. I played the guilty straight away, but all the paperwork. And we went a different way back to the prison. And we stopped, I tell you no lie, outside Goodison. Uh, it was a November dark night now, about half six at night. It was pitch black. And all I could see was the big Everton crest lit up at Goodison Park, out of my prison van. And I was like, how has this happened? I used to play, have a kickabout on there like oh. every other Saturday, and now I'm here. And it's just like it was just like surreal. It's like wow. Oh. Now, now the good news is, Michael, and this is obviously the good news. You've still got your family. You, 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 you know, you're in a much better position now. Obviously, you've turned the corner. What's life yes. like now, Michael? Life is amazing now. Life is really good. So Everton come and see me all the time when I was away. Every month, every other month, they'd come and see me. Um, they never forgot about me, which is amazing. So when yeah. I come out, I start to volunteer with Everton in the community. Yes. Amazing charity. Yeah. Uh, and I've been full time now with us for nearly six years. Brilliant. Helping young kids within the fam within the um, the city yeah. who might be going down the criminality route or struggling mentally, just trying to give a bit back. I know it's cheesy, and I'll no, give it a bit back. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. 
so that's it. Um, so I love it. It's it's hard work because we, we we deal with tough kids who yeah. have had tough upbringings. But when you get that little win or that, it makes it all worthwhile. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah and now I can put my head on the pillow and life's like, okay, it's still having your bumps and all that, but I have a little toolkit now how I can deal with them. I don't have to... Absolutely. Listen, listen, Michael, life's not a bed of roses for any of us. And, and once you've gone no, to the no, depth, exactly. <laughs> and once you've gone to the depths you've gone to, but the fact that you've turned the corner, the fact, and you say it's cheesy, you know, it really isn't. You're helping others because Liverpool is very, very similar to Wolverhampton. It's an inner city. Yeah. There's a lot of problems. There's a lot of crime. There's a lot of easy routes out in terms of getting involved in certain things. So for you to make a difference to a young person, to stop them going down the route you did, must mean yeah. the world to you. It is, and I haven't gone through all that just to sit at home and not tell no one my story. So I tell yes. it now, and I wouldn't, in a way, I wouldn't change anything. It's like, yeah. it's who it's made me now, and... All right, I can get the. I hooked them in with the football bit. I played for Everton when I was seventeen. Then I went to jail. They were like, "Wow, I want to know the rest of it." Then in that time, it's for me to get build the relationship with them and then get them talking and try and help them. So it hasn't all been for nothing. Oh, um, I've, I've got three amazing kids who all still I speak to who all who all love me. Uh, and life's life's yeah, life's good at the moment. As I started a running group. Yes, um, I did see, actually. I did see you've got your, your running trainers back on and you're out quite often, aren't you? Yeah, so we're out every Sunday, 8am. Um, it's a free running group called Social Striders Liverpool. Yeah. It's not. It's just a running group. I, I found that exercise and talking helped me with my head. Oh, so massive. I I'm, I'm out running all the time. Why don't I just put something out on Instagram? And we've got, we're building up our numbers now. Um, Social Striders, it's not the time. We do a, between a 5 and a 10k run, and it's at a pace where we can chat. Mostly talk about football and how bad effort now, and that little bit going on about them. Uh, but no, it's good. We have women come with the, with the prams and they run, and it's it's what it says, social striders. It's a social oh. thing, and it's amazing. And, you know, when you get messages, thank you. You, you What you do every Sunday really helps me, setting me up for me day, and... Before that, I was on my own, and it's like it's it's so it's so rewarding. That that's brilliant. And for anyone listening, guys, you know, I've, I've, you know, we all struggle with our mental health, you know, yeah. in one way, capacity or another. Exercise, I find, really helps me. And, and you're an advocate of that, aren't you, Michael? Oh, without a doubt, I'd, I'd, I'd say it's better than any medication. Yeah, um, it, you never feel worse after going for a run. Uh, well, that's obviously not going well, mate, try, times, yeah. try telling my flipping knees that now. Um, <laughs> I wanted to but, say, uh, I wanted to yeah. say, Michael, do you think former footballers getting enough help? And the reason I'm, I'm just going to bring very quickly, there's a, a former Wolves goalkeeper, played for Wolves early 90s, Andy DeBont. He recently got sent to prison for two years, 11 months for a very, very yeah. similar charge. Yeah. From your point of view, do you think... I mean, it's a lot better now than it was, but especially players that finished their career in the 90s, early 2000s, do you think they got enough help almost integrating back into society, if that makes sense? Well, for me, I should say that. I remember once, one person telling me once at the PSA, it's like playing football is like being in prison. Is you sort of institutionalised. You're told when to 
eat, when to go train and when to go home, when to sleep. And yes. then once you stop, it's sort of, wow, I, I can do whatever I want now. So you sort of end up doing stuff to extreme. A yes. lot of footballers back then, because we didn't have a play care team, so we still check in with you after you finish. Yes. So, yeah, definitely. Um, I think it's much better now. Um, yeah. The PFA, the, the PFA are amazing. They've been amazing with me. And I think they realised they maybe they made a mistake in the nineties and didn't do enough. But we can only learn, can't we? Uh, uh, Michael, absolutely. And this is a question I've got to ask. Um, <laughs> surely you played for the prison team and you was the star striker. Oh, okay, so I got on the wing, and I'm christened Paul Branch. So actually, can I? I sorry to interrupt. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Yeah. When I was doing my research, I looked in one of the Wolves books and it cut, it was P.M. Branch. And I thought, Yeah, hey. so that's what I'm, I'm christened that. because uh, me, uh, long, long story short, my mum was in hospital. She wanted me Michael. My dad wanted me Paul. So we switched it at the last minute. Right, um, okay. So I, yeah. So my mum said, no, he's not getting called Paul. He's Michael. But all legal stuff's Paul. So uh, I'm on the prison wing and uh, I'm keeping me at down. No one, no one knows who I am. Yeah. Yeah, just keep me at that. Yeah, Michael's my brother. I'm saying to everyone, he's my brother. So, <laughs> we've got a prison team. They said, "You're any good?" I'm like, I'm all right, you know. He said, "We've got a boss team. Our, our prison wing team's the best. You can go and goal if you want." So I had to go and goal for the first two weeks until someone got injured, and then it, when I come, come out and could play, it's like, "Why didn't you just tell us?" It's like, "No, I didn't want to say nothing." Oh, but, brilliant! Uh, yeah, I got a. Uh, I think I got, I got me ribs broken off some big Welsh fella playing. He just elbowed me and ribs off the walls, like because it was of course it was like a Welsh prison as well. So there was some big Welsh rugby players in there. Uh, so we got a bit, we got a bit tasty at time when you start scouses versus the Welsh. Oh my, we're brilliant, brilliant. But, I mean, yeah, but funny thing is, also with having in the community, I went back into that prison and doing work with them and yes, talk, tell them my story and you see people back in there who oh, you've been out and come back in. It's like, oh, I'm so happy when I could leave there after doing the session. <laughs> oh, Michael, honestly, you know, thank you for being so honest, but there is something you wanted to, to plug, isn't there, Michael? Just the social striders, that was it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, uh, give us a follow. We could do with some more followers. We're only a small group, as I say. Just, and if you're ever up this way, do you want to go for a run? I was going to say, Sunday yeah. Morning. Actually, I mean... Yeah, 8 a.m., uh, I mean, every time he's come up, he seems to take three points off us at the minute, so... Well, I've heard, it, I've, heard it's quite, I've heard it's quite cold in Everton at the minute, in uh, my goodness, and I've heard it's minus six. Da, 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 da. <laughs> minus ten. But, uh, yeah, actually, Michael, I, I, I might take you up on that. There's an ex-Wolves player uh, called Colin yeah. Taylor, and, and Colin, bless him, he used to live in Highton, 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 two okay. dogs fighting, one's a black and one's a white, and, and I used to actually yeah. go up there all the time, so I've got some fond memories of Liverpool. Um, so I might just get up there one Sunday morning and uh, get me joggers. But I, I'll be honest with you, Michael, my knees are awful, mate, so I'm going to be slowing you all down. Uh, no, no, there's some that walk and run. We had Pat Vanden come with us. Uh, Pat, psycho Pat. Uh, Pat Vanden He jogs, he's like, you're, you're walking and jogging with me. It's like, okay, Pat, I don't want no trouble. <laughs> Flipping big so, Pat Vanden But if, yeah. if you can look back, Michael, now on, on, on your, your football career and, and, you know, everything that you went through, is there one one positive that that brings a smile to your face? Is there you know is, is there a memory that comes back and you think, well, actually, it wasn't all that bad? 
Um, no, what I've, my children now looking back and saying, Dad, like my my son sent me like stuff, sends me stuff, pictures and videos, and like just know the kids are proud of me now. Brilliant! That it's like they don't they don't see me as that when he went to prison. They're like, yes, no, Dad played football. Dad was a good footballer. That's 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 heartwarming. That way, like, that makes oh. it all worthwhile. Absolutely. Well, Michael, we can forget about all the prison eggs. You've turned your life round. Um, yes, you've had sure. a fantastic career and thank you for representing our great club but also Michael thank you because I've done quite a few with it well 111 now thank you yeah. for being one of the most honest guests I've ever had on and not shirking any questions no worries mate always and thanks for having us on you're yeah, welcome we'll give us a shout will do thanks Michael no worries pal take care